you know, what was his real purpose? It seemed like he was entirely focusing on looking for people of faith, the true believer. You know, he healed a lot of folks, uh, and we see that here. We see some of them in chapter in uh, Matthew chapter eight, and he healed a lot of folks and uh, took care of a lot of folks and did this and everything. But it seems like his entire uh, focus was on uh, looking for the true believer. In Matthew 8, beginning in chapter 5, or chapter 5, in verse 5, And when he had entered Capernaum, to him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering, and suffering at home, suffering great pain. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. For just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come, and he comes. And to my slave, Do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled, and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And I say to you that many come from the east and west and recline at the table of Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, and the, in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom shall be cast out into the outer darkness in this place and shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. Let it be done as you, to you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very hour. The centurion come and talk to Jesus. You know, he come and he knew that Jesus could answer his prayers or his request. He didn't question it. He didn't, uh, you know, he, he, just, he just knew that Jesus could do that. Uh, you know, a tremendous amount of faith. It's no wonder that Jesus marveled here at the fact. You know, it just, I tell you to go do that, you go do it, he doesn't have to worry, it's done. It's over with, and we move on. And Jesus found that remarkable, you know, being a centurion. Faith is, causing, is calling us to believe and remember anything is possible with Jesus, regardless of our struggles, regardless of the events that take place in our lives. We are sometimes hit with some uh, pretty serious issues. We are sometimes having to you know, deal with uh, uh, things that come our way when we're not really ready for them. But Jesus is always there to help us through these struggles. So, uh, miracles are always possible. We need to always remember there's nothing our God can't do. And we need to remember that. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what's going on. And we need to focus on that and rely on that. Uh, I'm going to be reading, let's see, let's read uh, Psalm 42.5. Why, why are you in despair, O my soul, and why have you become disturbed? God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. We need to remember that, uh, you know, Jesus is there to help us through the events that come our way in life and uh, what we can uh, 
look to him to help us through. Years ago, um, we took a trip to Hawaii, and we were uh, we took a, 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 a boat tour down around the east end of Kauai, and uh, this was one of those rubber boats and everything. And we got out there and we were playing along. We were we were escorted by the dolphins. We were escorted by the whales and the, the breaching uh, through out of the ocean and everything else. It was a wonderful, exciting trip. But what one thing that really stuck in my mind is we, we went to a, an old village on the east end of the island there. And when we got out, I decided to go snorkeling. And it was unbelievable what you, what you see when you go snorkeling. A whole new world opens up. Everything is clear, and it's like something. You look at the surface, you don't see it. Not at all. But as soon as you get down into the middle of it, it's like it's, it's truly amazing. And when we, when we remember that, you know, it is something to also look at what God has provided, you know, in all aspects of our lives. We need to be excited about this and remember that, you know, he created the heavens and the earth for us. And he created the heavens and the earth, you know, for us to be a part of. So, and he's, so uh, let's turn to Luke 17. We do not need to despair because Jesus is here. He's always here. And God is here with him. 17, beginning of verse 20. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Jesus talked about the uh, kingdom with the centurion. He's talking about it here in Luke at the same time. You know, Jesus' focus has always been, you know, the kingdom of God. It is here. It's for us today. It's all around us, and we need to be aware of that. Jesus spent most of his time talking about God's kingdom. And we see in those verses, you know why it is. It is here, right now. We see what we want to see. We hear what we want to hear. We think what we want to think. We do what we want to do. I fear sometimes our relationship with God is we put him on a, in, a, in a cubicle somewhere, and when we want him, we pull him out, and we use him. You know, he's not there for that. He is there to be part of our lives. Jesus is trying to wake us up. You know, we need to be focused on Jesus. He wants us to be partners with God and with Jesus through his eyes and through God's eyes when we do this. The Pharisees did teach us, you know, some valuable information. You know, they... They sit there and we can stare God in the face and not even know it. The Pharisees stared God in the face and we're not even aware of what it was that they were looking at. Jesus isn't only trying to get you into heaven. He's trying to get heaven into you at the same time. Have you noticed that uh, sometimes... You know, we, we look around, we go to the stores, and, 
And we decide that there's things that maybe we need to be uh, looking at to buy. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's furniture. Maybe it's a, you know, a new uh, cell phone. Who knows? And pretty soon you start seeing the ads pop up. You notice them more and more. You see the ads. You see them. They just seem to magically start appearing because you're paying attention. Why is that? Why is that that you see that? We look around and we start seeing this stuff. And, of course, you know, we end up buying it, which is, which is always kind of funny. Uh, it doesn't matter. But the question is, is more, do we have the same diligence when we are looking at Jesus? Are we, look, are we focusing on the life of God and the life of Jesus that he come to the, when he gave himself on the cross for us? You know, is our focus really, really where it should be in that, in that regard? We need to look up and keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, I often equate uh, buying this stuff to a want and need, you know, uh, uh, format. And, of course, it's easy to uh, fill up the want side, but the need side is always a lot smaller. You know, and when, uh, which is actually a good thing, you know. So it's, it's a wonderful thing to have all of this stuff that we have around us, you know, to make our life easier and, and to do you know, the things that we're able to do. You know, but the life of uh, looking to Jesus in our lives will help us so much more and make the path so much easier. In Psalm 121, verse 1, we need to remember, you know, where does our help, help come from? I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From hence shall my help come. Where does our help come from? All through history. We have watched, we have seen, we have read of nations, kings, kingdoms, you know, breaking down, looking to earthen images, earthen idols, you know, in order to, you know, fulfill the wants and the desires of their hearts. You know, and all of this has always been to no avail. We built shrines to them, and we've looked to them for the help. I mean, look, you know, Egypt, what they went through with the plagues, you know, and all the different uh, idols that were basically taken, disposed of, you know, when... Uh, Moses left by God. He's God's the one that took care of that. All of this, all of this effort that's put in there by man to look at this. I mean, all of this is ends up, and we all end up with empty hands. We don't have anything to really show for this, you know, idol worship. And this isn't just, you know, just in the history. You know, we have the same, we have the same issues today around us. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's, if it's movies, if it's, you know, uh, money, if it's uh, possessions, if it's, you know, it's, uh, the game isn't, he who wins is who has the most stuff is not the answer. It's he who has the most faith is who's going to win. It's he who has put his life into Christ, and Christ has put his life into you. Those are going to be the winners. 
And we're told that in 121 verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He made it all. He is our king. He's our king of glory. In Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place and who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul for falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. For this is the generation of those who seek him, who seek thy face, even Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift up, and he lifted up, O ancient doors, with the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors. Then the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. We need to look up. Look up to Jesus. He died and he rose again so that we can do the same. He wants us to be part of his life. And he wants us, he wants to be part, yeah, he wants us to be part of his life. And he wants to be part of our lives as well. You know, as a body, this is something that we need to do. I uh, recently encountered or read some statistics about the uh, church. And, uh, you know, some of the things, it's, it's, it's really a shame that we look at the events that are transpiring all around the world, especially now. You know, with this pandemic, I need, we, we need a pandemic of Christians is what we need. But this pandemic, you know, is people that have lost their, their direction and their soul. They, 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 don't, they don't appreciate what it is that Jesus has done for them. They don't appreciate the life that is available to them and the comfort that is also available to them. Our king is great, and he is on the move, whether we're coming or not. And I'll tell you something, the older I get, the more I find out I don't know. And the more I don't know, the happier I am that I have Jesus in my life. Because I'll tell you, it is, it is scary out there. And, and Jesus has shown us the way. He's moving, he's coming, and he's coming for each one of us. And he wants us all. So what do we need to do? You know, we need to lean on Jesus in our lives. We need to remember that, you know, he is available day and night, nonstop. Uh, in Psalm 90, beginning in verse 1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. We've all experimented, with, we've all experienced events, circumstances. We've had plans that have not gone the way that we thought they should. Um, you know, you get that, that unwelcome phone call. 
in the middle of the night or even during the day. You know, these are all are hard, hard times to, you know, deal with when we encounter this. So where do we turn? You know, who do we uh, lean on? Remember, God created the world. He created the heavens. He created the earth and everything that's in it. He created our hearts. He, he sustains the breath of all life as we know it here today. Our limited view, of course. Jesus lived among us. He took our sin and he died for us. In Psalm 27.1, Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? He is our light. He is our salvation. His specialty is creating beauty out of chaos, creating beauty out of pain. That's what he specializes in. You know, and we have to allow him to do that. You know, live in God. Live in Christ. God is trustworthy in Psalm 57, 1 and 2. He is faithful. In 1 Corinthians 1, 9, He's our comforter and our hope. In Psalm 16, 11, and Philippians 1, 6, He is strong. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, and He's always on the job. He's always working. I used to think that I worked long hours. But God works all the time. Genesis 50:20 and Romans 8:28. Let's read Romans 8, uh, 38 and 39. That was our scripture reading this morning. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are truly blessed to have such a Savior watching out for us and looking over us. We need to remember to lean on Jesus. He is, a, he is our true strength. And He will get us through, you know, all of the events that transpire in our life. I know that, uh, you know, a lot of times as we make our way through Scripture, we see all sorts of different events that have provided or that have uh, come about. God has always provided a way. You know, He provided a way with Adam and Eve. He provided a way with Noah. He provided a way for, with Abraham and with Joseph, Joseph and with Isaac and with Moses. Example after example of God providing direction for his believers and for his people. And then came Jesus. In John 14, 16, 
And I will ask my father, I will ask my father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. I hate to guess what the world would be like without the spirit of God among us like he is today. We truly do need to be thankful. Just like the centurion, you know, he, he was thankful. He understood the power of God. He understood, you know, when God spoke, things happened. He asked him, and God said, you bet, I'll do it. So we have, we have the, same, the same avenue available to us as well. When we read the book of Psalms, which I've read several verses out of, uh, it becomes clear that the entire theme of the book is praising God. David wrote, over, wrote about half of the psalms that we have in the book of Psalms. You know, clearly David thought that praising God was absolutely essential. And I think it should be essential for us. The book of Psalms is a valuable book. It, you have a tremendous read there that is very enlightening and also will touch your heart in ways that you never even thought. So why do you want to praise God? His love and faithfulness will never fail. His character is sure. His love is certain. His heart is for us. His plans are good. He is worthy of all praise and of all glory. So what is your passion for Christ? We need to be a passionate God-fearing people. You know, the world the world desperately needs us. They need our help. They need Jesus. That's what they need. That's the end of it. Well, I want to thank you all for putting up with me. I didn't put you to sleep, hopefully. <laughs> it's all. Anybody wants to, to whatever. <laughs>